Welcome to the special live presentation of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Dave Orsborn in the St. Gabriel studio with Peggy Hartshorn, the chairman of Heartbeat International, and Andrea Trudden, the vice president of communications, also at Heartbeat International. <laughs> For the next hour, we're going to be speaking with representatives from local pro-life ministries about building and celebrating a culture of life here in Ohio. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Dave. Welcome to St. Gabriel. The Ohio March for Life rally at the State House is just wrapping up, and the attendees are preparing for the actual march around downtown Columbus. So, Peggy, can you give us all some background on the Ohio March for Life and how it came to be? Yes, that is very exciting, Dave. Um, well, we've had marches for life, actually, starting the year after the Supreme Court decision, uh, which, of course, has recently been overturned. But the Roe v. Wade decision, January 22nd, 1973, some of those uh, wonderful pro-life people in Washington, D.C., when it came to the anniversary, January 22nd, 1974, they just found themselves almost spontaneously gathering in front of the Supreme Court to commemorate that horrible decision that horrible day and to pray for an end to abortion. And that was the first March for Life, actually. <laughs> they realized they needed to do it again. And people started gathering from all over the country on January 22nd. I remember here in Columbus, I was actually president of Columbus Right to Life about that time. And we sent buses regularly to the March for Life. So I didn't get to go uh, in those early years. I was here in Columbus, but we did commemorate it as well at our state house. So through the years, as we were commemorating commemorating January 22nd, various cities also started having marches for life in the cities, but very rarely did states have a full March for Life. Now, of course, with the overturn of Roe and the Dobbs decision that was recently handed down just this year by the Supreme Court, that decision, that uh, onerous decision from January 22nd, 1973, was overturned. And the court said that laws on abortion need to go back to the states and to our legislators at the national level as well. This is not a matter for the Supreme Court to invent a right to abortion. So the door was open for focusing much more on the states. And actually, the National March for Life had had a vision of bringing more marches to the state level. So they were already ready <laughs> with their plan uh, to try to institute state marches. And, and I am just thrilled that here in Ohio, we're one of the first marches for life in conjunction with National March for Life. There are five states. Andrea is, is going to keep me on track here with the right, with the right numbers. Uh, there are five states now that will have statewide marches for life. And we're aiming for all 50 states, of course, in conjunction with National March for Life. So one of the speakers today uh, was Jeannie Mancini, who is uh, the director of the National March for Life. But we also had the co-host, uh, Citizens for Christian Virtue. And uh, Aaron Baer was also one of the speakers. But so many wonderful wonderful co-sponsors in the state of Ohio. I'm just excited about it. Um, and of course, you're listening to uh, Catholic radio here. So I was particularly excited about all the Catholic groups that were partnering in the march, uh, Catholics for Life, the Knights of Columbus, who are, of course, wonderful with the National March as well. Um, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, uh, a partner for the, the Rally in March, Catholic Charities, um, as well as many pregnancy centers, uh, pregnancy help centers here in Ohio, Ohio Right to Life, a Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio, some national groups have co-sponsored. So it's a great show of unity. And, um, and I think it's going to be wonderful focusing in on our state and getting many more people connected to the mission. 
Well, and I'm looking forward to this hour. We're going to be speaking with a number of pro-life leaders around the state. Uh, it looks like the rally itself is just uh, ending. The team, our friends from Damascus Worship, are on the stage. And with us by phone right now is St. Gabriel's Executive Director, Boots on the Ground, Bill Messerly. Bill, how you doing? Hey, it's great to be a roving reporter. This is electric down here. We're on the west side of the State House. There's a big tent that says Ohio March for Life. Uh, the students are rocking it out on the stage. There's about 100 yards right now already formed to begin the march. It looks like the police are moving forward at broad and high, and it might be starting in any minute now, but there is so much joy and so many smiles. I'm looking around. I cannot even express how beautiful it is on this sunny day to see the, see the Son of God be in these people's hearts. Oh, absolutely. I, I wish I were there, but you know what? We're live streaming. <laughs> we're seeing a little bit here. And Andrea has gotten pictures from uh, our man on the ground from Heartbeat International, Jarrell Godsey. So, and she's following on social media. It really is exciting even being here and listening to you, Bill, and uh, hearing you describe. I can remember being in Washington so many beautiful days, although it was freezing cold sometimes, just the sun sparkling. And we're so thankful today that the sun is out reminding us of of the sun. <laughs> One of the speakers said earlier, it's so much nicer to be in Ohio in October for the March for Life than in D.C. in January. Absolutely. So let's make this a tradition. Yeah, we've been looking, uh, following along and seeing what everybody's putting out there. But Bill, I'm curious. Um, so the energy seems really good from everything that we see, but what are you experiencing demographically? What are you seeing? Um, is it primarily students on the ground um, joining us or what do you, what do you see there? I see a great mix of people. I see a number of families. The majority are students. And I talked to a few of those students. Uh, I'll give you a few quotes. Uh, I talked to some students from Versailles, Ohio, part of the uh, Dark County, Right for Life. I talked to Lexi, who said she wants to be the voice for the voiceless. I talked to Nicole from the same group, who said that she wants to show others the truth about abortion, how it impacts both the woman uh, and the unborn. Um, I also talked to some Walsh students, um, and these Walsh students said, here's, here's a couple of great quotes. Uh, Melanie said that she wants to educate for the truth to counter the lies. And uh, also a Walsh student, Amelia, said, we need to take responsibility. If we enter into intimacy, we need to take responsibility. And people are using a way out of that responsibility by uh, hurting the defenseless. So great stuff down here. Everybody is just electric. I'm seeing the crowd starting to move. It's side to side between the Huntington building here and the, the west side of the state house. And I'm seeing some really funny people that, um, you know, just kind of slapping each other on the back and high-fiving, holding signs. <laughs> Pretty cool down here. That's wonderful. You know what, Bill? I've experienced so many national marches for life in Washington, D.C., and Andrea has too, of course. And, um, you know, in the very beginning, they were really solemn. They were really solemn, and it it was a it was it was sorrow and it was um, sadness and tragedy at the March for Life on January twenty second, and then I remember uh, when um, the younger people started coming in, <laughs> and I, I just admire so much all the youth leaders, the the uh, great young people that they're bringing their 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 young people to understand, to see, to experience uh, the March for Life, and it and it brought a whole new flavor to the national marches and i didn't like it at first i thought wait a minute 
But now, legitimately, as we celebrate Dobbs, uh, we are truly celebrating our opportunity to uh, to bring a culture of life to our country. We feel now how how wonderful that uh, the the that the court has recognized there is no constitutional right to abortion, and now it's up to us to let our legislators know to to try to uh, through education through action to really help people understand that it's up to each of us, particularly each of us as Christians, to um, to speak out about the value of every human life. And, uh, and, and it's, it's a whole new world, actually, now. Well, one of the greatest gifts I think that the church has given the world in the last 50 years is uh, St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Mm-hmm. And, and this is uh, to bring the, the whole celebration aspect back into this. It's a celebration of life brings forth the dignity of life and, and that mm-hmm. we, and that this is as much if not more about saying how blessed and how great life is and and saying yes to life as it is to saying no to other things no to abortion and and no and in a lot of ways we're a culture of no's right i mean it gets reduced to um outcry over different things and that gratefulness and the thanksgiving that we give for the gift of life often gets overlooked. Absolutely. And what a wonderful opportunity, actually, and getting ready for the program and just thinking about the the culture of life, because that's our theme. Uh, I had a chance to reread at least parts of John Paul II's great encyclical, Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. And it is so inspiring <laughs> that the gospel of life is is central to the gospel and uh and and right from the very beginning of of the story in genesis you know we see god's um creation of the human person made in his own image and likeness and what an amazing thing to think about <laughs> right that we really carry the image of god each person carries the image of god what a beautiful thing and even though sin entered the world then jesus redeemed us by becoming a human being and giving of himself, like you mentioned, uh, the gospel uh, of life, not only that, but the theology of the body, that self-gift is so crucial. And Jesus giving his whole self, uh, redeeming us by every drop of his blood is such a beautiful example of that self-gift and of the beauty of life. So uh, death became life. It's profound. Peter Range, uh, the executive director of Ohio Right to Life, uh, mentioned in his remarks um, one of the key aspects of this culture of life is compassion, Mm -hmm. literally suffering with. And uh, we went and saw the Mother Teresa movie last night. And uh, just a a beautiful, um, really, prayer over accompanying and, well, encountering and then accompanying people that suffer. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing the, just that inherent, that inalien, inalienable right to life that all of us possess mm-hmm. and it so beautifully lived out by Mother Teresa and her sisters. Mm-hmm. And now by all the people that are participating in the March for Life today who mm-hmm. have embraced this culture of life. Well, and I think that part of it as we've seen through the years, the energy level, as you mentioned, Peggy, has kind of shifted um, to where the younger generations now really do see it as a human rights issue, as has before, but in uh, in a little bit of a different way to where, as you pointed out, Dave, it's more of a, um, a higher energy in celebrating life. But we've witnessed it across the board, and people, are, uh, young people especially, are standing up speaking boldly on behalf of it, and they see it as 
a very strict wrong. It's important, absolutely, that we keep um, the compassion side into it all because we do know we are a generation in to having abortion in our country. And so lives all across the board have been affected. However, there are so many ways to speak uh, kindly, compassionately help heal these women who have endured it and then overcome it. And um, now that we have Dobbs overturned um, back in June, we've made steps already to um, support women, support families, wrap our arms around them in a very loving way um, to make sure that it never is seen as a necessary evil again. Right. And Bill, you're point. you're right in the midst of this joy. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm at the very, uh, or close to the very end, trying to keep it a little bit quiet. But again, it's uh, curb to curb, uh, probably 30, 40 people. And we're stretched from High Street and Broad Street all the way up to the Hyatt Regency. Signs flying, life wins, um, <laughs> uh, uh, pray to end abortion, uh, choose life, uh, some great handmade signs. There was a, a woman dressed as Wonder Woman uh, holding, you know, uh, we need to defend life. So we got some great stuff going down here in uh, downtown Columbus. Speaking of Wonder Woman, um, you know, again, in, in rereading Gospel of Life, I love there's so many sections where um, St. John Paul II talks about the importance of women in this in this battle for life and and the beautiful witness of mothers, you know, the families. And I'm sure there are many families there, Bill. I bet you see lots of, of families and and there were at the mass this morning, families with their children and, and baby strollers that are living a gospel of life in their family. And what a beautiful witness to be open to life and um and John Paul II just calls calls to mind that the, the heroism of mothers today, and of course, great fathers who are there guarding and protecting their families, uh, like St. Joseph did. And today at the Mass, uh, at the Respect Life Mass, uh, the bishop really focused on the beauty of St. Joseph's role. Although he mentioned we don't hear any of his words in the gospel, he had the ministry of presence. He was there with Jesus and Mary. So thinking of those beautiful families that I bet you're seeing, <laughs> that's very inspirational. Yeah. You know, I always judge a, um, a gathering by what I want to be their friends. And the people here are genuinely joy-filled, uh, comforting of each other, loving each other, uh, working together. And that was one of the talks that uh, just finished up that, you know, we need to love and we need to stick together and we need to promote fatherhood and motherhood uh, in family. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, Another thing is that even this call to defend life, to speak for life, to be a witness to the gospel of life is for everyone, everyone. It's for the whole church as a, as a body, all Christians in our church. But at the same time, it's the, it's the importance of every person to be called to that. Thank you, Peggy. I not agree anymore. This is so exciting down here. I wish you guys were here in downtown Columbus for... Uh, the first ever, I believe, right? Uh, uh, Ohio uh, March for Life. That's right. <laughs> Good. Well, Bill, we're going to let you pay attention to your steps. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I stumbled a couple times. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you very much for representing St. Gabriel um, there at the march, and enjoy the weather. Yep. Stand for life, folks. Stand for life. We need to stand up right now. God bless. <laughs> Thanks, thank Bill. Thank you, Bill. So do we have our first guest? No, we don't yet. We're expecting uh, to, to have several guests from, from the rally and also those who are marching. Uh, one of the first is going to be Dr. Alveda King, but we're going to try to get her on the line. 
Um, so, Andrea, let's talk about while we're focusing in on Ohio mm-hmm. uh, and all things uh, right and good and beautiful <laughs> in our state for a culture of life. We know that um, there are some great stories that we're hearing constantly about people who are choosing life. One of the women who did was actually on the program today. Who was that? Yeah, that's what I was pulling up the picture because they've been posting pictures. Uh, her name is Ruth Cabrera. She was actually helped at a pregnancy care center up in Worcester. And um, she ha- brought her son. He is a fantastic little testimony of pregnancy help. For example, um, he's so vibrant and shares his story full of passion. His name um, is Victor. And Victor joined us uh, this past January at Heartbeat International's Babies Go to Congress event. And Ruth so they were at the National March. They were at the National year. March as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, as a pair, go and share their stories because um, Ruth is one of our hard cases that we hear about a lot in the movement. And um, she was diagnosed um, with a, a troubling situation and advice to abort. And when she had that uh, um, advice, she thankfully... Uh, well, not thankfully, but she was struggling with it. And she thankfully found the pregnancy center who told her, we will walk alongside you. We will be with you. And she chose life for little Victor, who is now eight years old, vibrant, energetic young man <laughs> who has such a zest for life. Oh, that's has, um, it shares his story because he appreciates the value of the pregnancy care center and how involved they've been years later. And I'm happy to say that he also has a little brother. Oh, so while she did yeah. struggle um, initially, with getting an adverse uh, adverse med- diagnosis an adverse mm-hmm. diagnosis she pushed through overcame it and victor is a happy healthy little boy and Isn't she is a wonderful? very healthy woman with another son as well yeah that's the life solution mm-hmm. to those those sad diagnoses but choosing life is still the value of course uh, beautiful story thanks andrea well we do have now on the line uh dr alvita king who was one of the keynote speakers this morning at the rally and i know alvita you were also present for a pastor's gathering ahead of that um alvita king uh, i'm sure you you know is the daughter of the slain civil rights leader ad king and the niece of martin luther king jr she's a christian evangelist and she She's probably best known today with her Fox News contributions. <laughs> She's a former uh, state legislator. She's a dear friend, uh, a personal friend, I'm, I'm happy to say, a former board member of Heartbeat. And so, Alvita, welcome and thank you so much for talking to us for a few minutes here after the, after the rally and during the march. Thanks for being here. Dr. Peggy, I'm so glad to join you and the listeners. And it's just amazing. We've, of course, you and I have been in this. For many, many years. It was 1983 <laughs> for me when I was born again and became pro-life. So I'm so glad to have continued on this journey with you. And Lou Victor, uh, Peggy, I was on the stage with Victor, and he's just delightful. Oh, Lou, wonderful. With that beautiful testimony. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, Alvita, we were kind of watching you on the live stream, but um, give us your message. What was your message today uh, to those who were able to be present at the rally? We want our listeners to be able to hear that beautiful message. The message was occupation. Once you win a victory and you move into the territory, you do it to occupy. So you still need the full armor of God. It's like war, but it's different. And so what you do is to take care of the people who are there now and inform and educate and activate them strengthen them and encourage them for life with helping the pregnancy care centers, uh, with voting for people who will choose life so that we and our children can live. 
we can encourage others to get out to vote. We can encourage pastors and leaders. We had a wonderful pastors meeting earlier, and to pastors and leaders to take care of the community. So the pregnancy care centers, adoption, uh, elections, how do you occupy for Jesus and for life? For the, from the womb to the tomb to eternity. So that was the message, and I ended up, of course, with the song, This Little Light of Mine, reminding people to let that light shine so that fear can be removed and life can flourish. Wow, that's a beautiful message, Alvita. I've heard you speak so many times, and you always are inspired, I believe. Uh, and and what, a, what a great thing for a person like me and many people who are listening and maybe many people who were there probably have been mm-hmm. in the movement since... For many years, as you mentioned, you came in the 80s. I came in in the 70s. Andrea, mm-hmm. when did you come in? I started in 2004, right out of college, jumping right into <laughs> wow. Harvey. Wow. Okay. Bill, how long have you been in the movement? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, since I really acknowledged that uh, the Lord's my Savior. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and so much of it also came from uh, John Paul II's uh, uh, theology and mm. just the dignity yeah, of a human of life. Person. Yeah. I'm thinking it, for those of us who have been in this for a long time, it's, it's, it's a, it is a mind shift, Alvita. Uh, and, yeah. and a, that's a, a good challenge because it's like we were fighting. We were just putting our heads up against a wall or, or, or that, that we were hoping would crumble, but we were, we were constantly um, fighting something. And, and now, as you're talking, I, I, I see a, it's, a, it's a change of perception that we're occupying the territory now. We are, we have, we have the right uh, recognized now in our country to be a culture of life. And we, we need to make that happen in every aspect of our lives here in the state of Ohio. So, Alvita, thank you so much for coming, being part of our first March for Life in Ohio. And thank you for your, your ministry as a Christian evangelist, your music ministry. I'm so glad you got to sing a little bit, too. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. God bless you, Avita. I know you're going to be speaking tonight, too. So our prayers are with you that you'll continue that inspiration. That had to be so neat just seeing all of the students and all of the um, attendees just jumping in with this little light of mine because, you know, they did. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you again, Alvita, for being with us. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 that that is a beautiful thought, isn't it? Mm. This little light of mine. <laughs> and it just takes a little bit of light. We talk about this often. It's it's a light in the darkness. We are shining a light on the truth. And that's what we do um, through our work here within the ministry uh, through Pro Life work is we're, we're shining a light on the truth so that those who are blinded in the moment that they can see. And the stories that we have, Andrea, coming from our movement everywhere, mm-hmm. the stories of women who've been turned away at abortion clinics, of, of those who have been healed from abortion, the stories of women that have been helped in pregnancy centers, you know, those are, are such points of light, aren't they? Oh, Think, yeah. Tell, tell us a story. I know you brought oh, several <laughs> with you of, of how, how we're building a culture of life through each person who makes a decision for life, particularly those who considered abortion and rejected it, or even maybe had a second chance with abortion pill reversal these st- or had a healing what a point of life that is to be shared well it is so amazing um thinking because yeah, I, ha- I do have my baby cards in front of me with <laughs> lots of stories um but even just thinking back to many of the people working at pregnancy centers or in pro-life work have an abortion story of their own mm-hmm. either directly or indirectly and they've walked through a healing process um that now they are they are living out the ministry by serving others to help them um learn all the information and then impacting lives and and the countless lives that they're uh, saving through the work um 
it's amazing across the nation, just the different stories that we hear each day mm -hmm. from um, our pregnancy help organizations in particular, because we also include maternity homes. Mm -hmm. And so the stories there are very um, powerful. And the, the struggles that these women are going through when they feel that they have no place else to turn mm -hmm. or no support, the maternity homes walk alongside and they um, house them for sure. long periods of time. Um, they teach them life skills and right. really empower these women to live in control of their life where many mm -hmm. of them felt out of control. Sure. And so these are the powerful stories of, of what we get to witness and, and see the babies and watch them grow uh -huh. over the years. As and these women so are much of that choices. comes from their, their decision to become believers as well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so many have that Christian, Christian experience in their background, or they may say, Oh, my mm -hmm. grandmother used to read the Bible, but getting back in touch with the Lord uh, is so important. And really the, the true light that is, right. that is the light, all the light that shines through us is from from the Lord. <laughs> and you're right. So many of them do say like, oh, I grew up going to church. Mm -hmm. I've fallen away. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. they, they have this hollowness that we know only God can fill. And sure. so that's what they're searching for in this moment that then we can walk alongside them and help them it's recognize. beautiful opportunity. Well, we have another guest uh, who was also, of course, at the at the rally this morning, uh, Beth Vanderkoy, who is the president of uh, Columbus Right to Life. Beth, how are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? We're, we're good here. Thank you so much for being available to give us uh, uh, your perception. But I also wanted you, because you, you have such a good pers uh, perspective on the landscape of abortion in Ohio. We've been talking about the Dobbs decision, even though we now know that uh, the, the legislative um, power is back to the people <laughs> to determine all our laws on abortion. What is that landscape, both with abortion and the laws here in Ohio and uh, right now? Well, you know, this is a really interesting situation because the minute that the Dobbs decision was announced, you know, Ohio had a heartbeat law in a, uh, a heartbeat law that had been passed and was held up by the courts because of the court precedent. So the minute that it was passed, you know, our wonderful pro-life attorney general, Dave Yost, petitioned the court uh, to dissolve that restraining order. The minute that was done, uh, Governor DeWine offered emergency rules. And so by about 7 p.m. on June 24th, abortion was illegal in Ohio from the moment a baby's heartbeat could be detected. Praise God for that. Um, and then about two and a half months passed, and a group of uh, pro-abortion activists uh, petitioned the court, specifically a very a, a known court of choice, they definitely venue shopped. They went down to Hamilton County and they asked for a restraining order um, articulating a, a, a very convoluted legal theory that Ohio's Constitution supports uh, some sort of a right to abortion. And the, they found a judge who was willing to consider that, and he articulated that Ohio's Constitution might. And so in the interim, he wanted to uh, halt Ohio's about six week, roughly six week ban. And so the, the landscape as of today in Ohio um, is that abortion is still happening up to about the 20th or 22nd week. And I think this 100 percent 
articulates the reason that we need to continue, you know, we need to continue to work on the front grounds by helping women and families and children, but we also need to become engaged and to stay as, you know, what the United States Bishop uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops described as faithful citizens who understand the role of faithful citizenship. So we need to do both, and we need to stay engaged on both. That's a good point. That's a very good point, Beth. Another thing I'd like to bring up that I think is, um, well, what about the abortion pill? Let's talk about that for a minute, because even if um, even if abortions are not being performed in Ohio, does that mean that Ohioans are not getting abortions? Right. Well, I mean, I would even back it up if I could just for a minute, Peggy. Last week, the Ohio Department of Health released the abortion statistics for last year, um, and it was very grim. Statewide, we saw that the number of abortions increased by nearly 7%. Uh, So last year in the state of Ohio, 21,813 babies were aborted. Uh, That's about 60 each and every day. And it represented an increase in almost every region, uh, Central Ohio being one of only two regions where we didn't see an increase. We saw about a 1% decrease here in Columbus. But there were still almost 3,500 abortions happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, when, and when we talk about things like the abortion pill, what we've seen is a dramatic increase in the number, uh, the number of women who are, ha- who are utilizing the abortion pill. So statewide in Ohio, and this is just those that are legally procured, right? It's almost 50 percent here in central Ohio. It's more than 80 percent of reported abortions uh, are being done through the abortion pill. And that does not account for those women who may be going on the Internet and ordering them illegally from another state uh, or from another country. Absolutely. So so we have to remember that uh, even though we're celebrating an opportunity to protect human life from the moment of conception, uh, we certainly aren't there yet. That's for sure. Um, Yeah. One of the other things I think that um, that I wanted to point out, Beth, too, is that, yes, we if if this uh, recent ruling is overturned and the heartbeat bill is, of course, uh, in effect again in the state of Ohio, we still have legal abortion up to the time that the heartbeat can be discerned uh, through through medical technology. But, you know, in terms of fetal development, the heart starts beating about 18 days after conception. So we still don't have a totally pro-life bill, do we? Because uh, human no. life begins at conception and we can't call Ohio a totally pro-life state as long as we want to rest on our laurels that we have the heartbeat bill. <laughs> right. Well, and I will say, you know, and, and I apologize. I hope everybody can hear the March for Life is coming back to the state house. So you can hear some of the students for life maybe <laughs> in the background. But I will 100% agree with that. We had the great privilege to be joined by a, a large number of the pro-life caucus this morning. And I think that they are, um, they, they are looking this in a way that is prudent, but that is truly pro-life. Um, and I think we will continue to see, um, we will continue to see a strengthening of the, the laws um, until we get to the point where uh, Ohio is protecting of every baby, every known baby in the womb. Um, and I think we can get there. But that 100% requires that we need to be talking about this issue. And we need to make sure that we don't turn it into a political issue only. You know, I hear so many people who say, I don't want to talk about abortion. It's too political. And it's only political when we let it be relegated to 
into the realm of the mere, mere political. But we need to make this a part of our everyday lives and get every person engaged um, because we need to show the legislators that the people that they represent really are standing for the defense of the unborn. They really are standing for the protection of women and for the helping of women and families that need it. So I think this is the time where the pro-life, you know, the, we're not taking a victory rally. You know, we're not taking a, right. a victory lap. <laughs> what, what, what we need to do now is we need to really buckle down and acknowledge that for 50 years, it's, we've been able to just protest abortion. And what we need to do now is we need to put our money um, and we need to, to put our consciences, we need to put all of that where our mouth has been. Well, th- that's, that's so we now, true. We now have to govern. Absolutely. Right? We Absolutely. To, we have to govern and we have to live. Well, thank so, you. you know, yeah. Thank you, but Beth. God bless you guys. And I'm going to go say he- hello um, to, to our marchers who are coming back. Wonderful. Um, anybody, recruit yeah. them. Recruit them. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And, you know, check out our, our Facebook page at uh, GCRCL and, and check us out to get some of our updates from today. God bless you all. Thank you, Beth. GCRCL, Greater oh, Columbus Right to Life. Dot org. Dot yep. org. Thank you so much, Beth. Thanks for that. Thanks. All right. And go rally, get, rally up the troops there. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, it's great to have our uh, people on the ground, longtime leaders. And uh, certainly, I think Beth is is bringing up the importance, like she said, we cannot just relegate this to the political arena. And so many people want to get involved. I know, Andrea, you were telling me how many people uh, are, are coming to pregnancy centers and wanting to get involved. And then realizing, wait a minute, this is not the only way to get involved. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite fascinating over the past few months. Cause as Beth was saying, like, um, it, it does have a political tense like no tone to it however have you ever heard people talk about abortion and pregnancy help the more than they have the past three months and mm-hmm. it's an exciting opportunity for those who maybe never really thought about their own perspective or views on this um just kind of lived alongside it as an issue but now are feeling called to get involved and some people we've been talking um are looking to get involved but not necessarily certain how to use their skills and it is quite fascinating to really kind of dive into the different elements of the pro-life movement in general, because there are those um, prayer groups that people mm-hmm. can join. They could, of course, volunteer at a pregnancy help organization. Mm-hmm. If they're called to groups like 40 Days for Life mm-hmm. or um, Sidewalk Advocates, that's a great way to pray. And then, of course, um, if they are called to get into that activism movement um we of course work alongside our friends at students for life and live action Mm -hmm. because there is a role for everybody there's a part for every person in this movement and so many pro-life groups in the state of ohio so many of them partners in this rally which is really great to see well we have another uh guest waiting to uh give us her perspective and that is uh someone also at the margin rally kathy scanlon who is the president of pregnancy decision health centers one of our pregnancy center groups uh here in central ohio so welcome, Kathy. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Peggy. So nice to talk to you. <laughs> oh, good to talk to you, too. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful day out there, I hear, and lots of fun it on is, the ground, huh? 
Yes, absolutely <laughs> beautiful. Perfect day. Great. Well, we've been talking about how many people uh, are joining pregnancy centers. Andrea mentioned that in the last three months, we've probably heard more about pregnancy centers in the news than ever before. Um, so, uh, so tell us about how does a pregnancy center, how does PDHC build a culture of life? We're here. Our theme for the program is really building and celebrating the culture of life in Ohio. How do you see that as the work of, of the pregnancy center, and particularly in your case for PDHC, Pregnancy Decision Health Centers? You know, that is such a great question. I feel like, especially this year, there's so much more awareness in the community about the good work of pregnancy resource centers. You know, we are engaging with our church partners all over Franklin and Fairfield counties. You know, it's really about educating the community on the services that are provided at pregnancy resource centers, because as we're out there and we're talking to people, we often hear, well, I had no idea you did that. Well, I didn't know that. And so it's really been an opportunity to us to further engage with the community and let them know all of the services that are provided at pregnancy resource centers and that we truly care about the whole woman, body, mind, and spirit. And we love both the mom and the baby. And we just want to be that resource for them. So it's partnering with those those community partnerships and our church partnerships and just, you know, making it, making people more aware of all of the services, the comprehensive services that are provided at pregnancy resource centers. And through that, there's more opportunities for us to grow, get the word out. And as people become more aware of it, then as they have friends and family members, you know, that are looking for help then they know where they can refer them to, I'm fascinated at you know, the women that are coming into our centers for help, the top three reasons continue to be, um, you know, through a friend or a relative they were referred by, or they were a previous client, and they're also finding us on the Internet. So we want to make sure that we're there in front of all of those avenues so that we are able to reach more women in the community. So, Kathy, I know that we got to be together uh, the day after Dobbs, which was nice to come and celebrate um that Supreme Court victory. Since the end of June, have you noticed a new energy um, either from people wanting to get involved at PDHC or a various a variation of the clients who are coming as well? Definitely, definitely people wanting to get more involved. We're having a lot more interest in volunteer opportunities because people are hearing it's, it's in front of the news. It's in front mm-hmm. of everybody. We are getting so much more um involvement and engagement from our church partners. We've always had them, but even now it's like we want to do more. How can we get more involved? You know, I was just talking to a pastor here at The Walk and a wonderful church partnership, and, you know, they are always reaching out to to us to say, how can we do more? What else can we do? And we actually had a woman that we served through our pregnancy resource centers, and we were able to provide her just you know, so many services, and then we want to make sure we continue to walk alongside her and help her find a church family, help her find a, a, a church partnership. And I was just speaking to the pastor here this morning, and they have been in contact with her, and they are going to help her, and they're going to partner with other church partners to continue to walk alongside her because she is making all the right decisions, and she made a decision for life for her child, and we want to be able to show that support ongoing. And so it was just such a, 
it was just such a wonderful opportunity to hear that they've been in contact with her and they are providing additional resources and support. That's great, Kathy. It reminds me of the wonderful effort for the last couple of years of the U.S. Conference for Catholic Bishops, really encouraging walking with moms in need. And it's so important for local pastors and churches to come alongside. And, and, and part of the way that they can do that is by partnering with their pregnancy center. So thank you for that. That's a beautiful story. Kathy, what uh, phone number should people call if they need help? What website should they look at if they, um, if they want to get involved? If they want to get involved, well, if they're looking for help, if they're looking for our resources, the best inf- the best phone number to call is our hotline because we operate a 24-7 hotline, and that is the 614-444-4411. And we also have a website for those needing our resources, and that's pdhc.org. For those that are wanting to get more involved uh, from a volunteer standpoint, learning more about um, the services that we provide, um, that would be our supportlifepdhc.org website, um, and that's a op- great opportunity to learn more. Wonderful, Kathy. <clears throat> Sorry, well, we have to say goodbye, uh, but thank you so much for, for taking a minute out of the march and uh, sharing with us today. God bless. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great day. We continue to fight the good fight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy. You too. <laughs> now we're occupying, as uh, Alveda King said. <laughs> we're, we've t- we're taking the land, and we are now embedding that culture of life. And, and our pregnancy centers do such a wonderful job with that. I actually saw on Twitter, uh, they tweeted out a image of Alveda King with Victor, the little boy who was saved at a pregnancy center. Aww. So that's, it's very fun to just see, again, all of the energy surrounding this event. Yeah. Andrea, you've been checking out all the social media. That's what I do. (laughs) That's great. We have the younger generation with us in that. Well, just so many ways that people can get involved and and in their local parishes, as we've mentioned, in their local churches, you know, again, reminds me of the call of John Paul II in Evangelium Vitae, where he says, this is a call of the church, the church as a whole, the body of Christ, but that doesn't exempt each of us individually Mm -hmm. from making it a call in our lives, defending, promoting human life. Um, there's a beautiful statement. I mentioned the, the bishops walking with moms in need, um, their program to encourage people in Catholic parishes to get involved in this mission. Uh, but the, the bishops say at the beginning of their pastoral plan, we have a call, and they're quoting from the Gospel of Life, to put forth a precise and vigorous reaffirmation of the value of human life and its inviolability and at the same time, a pressing appeal addressed to each and every person in the name of God, respect, protect, love, and serve life, every human life. So we can't say, well, it's up to the church. No. Yes, it is, but it's up to me as well. When if we each live out that guidance and that um, command, then this wouldn't be an issue at all. Absolutely. And when people have often said, well, the, it's because the church is not involved. The church is not. Well, wait a minute. The church is us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we have our next guest on the line. We're, we're happy to welcome Peter Range, who is the relatively new CEO of Ohio Right to Life as of January of this year. Welcome, Peter. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Peggy. So great to be with you today. How are you? I'm fine. And, and how was everything there at the march? 
Oh, just a fantastic, glorious day. The Lord really blessed us with, first of all, tremendous weather, but then also tremendous people of God that came from all across every corner of the state of Ohio to join together. And the atmosphere was just joyous. It was peaceful. It was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm just happy and proud to be a part of this movement here in the state. Oh, wonderful. And you're, you are originally from Toledo, right? North. Not originally. I was actually born in Dayton, Ohio, oh. and then I grew up in New Philadelphia, and uh-huh. now I live in Toledo because my wife uh, and I met out in Northwest Ohio, so I've been all over the state, but yeah, I call the flatlands of Northwest Ohio home now. Well, good. Well, you're just kind of all, all over Ohio, and as the president or CEO of Ohio Right to Life, I'm sure you are all over. Well, um, you know, Peter, I know Right to Life is having a, a dinner tonight as well, and uh, we're just, we're so so thrilled with the, the um, groups that are around in our state that are focusing in on legislation, on education. But but I'd like for you, if you don't mind, to, to focus, because I know you've also been very involved in the prayer part of our movement, uh, particularly 40 Days for Life. I wanted you to share a little bit about why you feel that that is such a vital part of our movement. Thank you so much, Peggy. You know, I think the foundation of our movement is prayer. It's, it's founded in a God of love, a God who loves Every preborn child and want to see in law those preborn children protected. But it's a God of love who also loves the abortionists, who loves the abortion nurses, the, the, the moms and dads walking into these abortion facilities. Um, God loves every single child that He created. Um, and so that's what we try to emphasize. And the 40 Days of Life is such a tremendous way to get involved in the grassroots part of the pro life movement. If you've never been involved before, go to 40daysforlife.com today. There's campaigns happening all across the state of Ohio. It's where I got my start. Um, and it's why in Toledo, the past seven years, through the 40 Days for Life campaign, we've had individuals going to the abortion facility not to yell or judge or anything of that nature, but to offer help and maybe just simply stand there and pray. You know, Peggy, we had one individual who went to the abortion facility simply with a pray-to-end abortion sign, one of the 40 Days for Life signs. A woman walked into the clinic, and that mother came out about 10 minutes later, and she walked up to that individual with a sign and said, Excuse me, sir, I asked God this morning whether or not I should choose life. You were my sign to choose life for my baby today. So when we simply show up through the 40 Days for Life campaign, we can literally be a part of a miracle simply by our presence there. And I believe if the entire Church of God, if the entire Catholic Church would all just simply go where the abortions are taking place through the 40 Days for Life campaign, we would shut down those abortion facilities overnight. Wow. And we have the, the example, of course, the uh, probably the most famous 40 Days for Life campaign, where it first started, ended up shutting down the abortion clinic where Abby Johnson was the director. And now look at Abby, who's founded, uh, and then there were none to support workers for coming out of the abor- abortion industry. So it shows, obviously, the importance of prayer not there just for the women uh, who are going in that day, uh, but also for the, the workers inside. And um, so that that is just up, up so, so powerful. I love 40 Days for Life. <laughs> and I think they said uh, specifically through the movie and the book Unplanned um, that those who like when a prayer vigil is going on, the number of abortions drops about 70 percent. Mm, wow. It's amazing. And it is just um, that knowing that all the people coming together to just speak the Holy Spirit over and protection for these women and then knowing and hearing from the women who are leaving working at the pregnancy or sorry, sorry, leaving the abortion clinics, the mm-hmm. doctors who are leaving the abortion clinics and then the min- multiple clients who turn away or decide against um, from that mission. 
uh, Sean Carney, mm-hmm. uh, one of the founders of 40 Days for Life, was actually in Columbus speaking at the Catholic Men's Luncheon mm. uh, Club when Abby left oh, Planned Parenthood, like o- over the course of those couple of days. Mm-hmm. And they, this was, he was on the phone with attorneys and trying to figure out if there was going to be a gag order placed on it. Wow. And so this, this was all breaking news, but he was able to speak in real time. I'll never forget it. Just how huge Mm-hmm. this was and i mean talk about the fruits of prayer mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. In, in in real time when abby walked out of for out of planned parenthood mm-hmm. to the 40 days for life office yeah amazing and and it's like uh sure surely with us in the pregnancy centers andrea we don't always know the rest of the story right. you know the people that have been in those centers listening as people were praying outside um, it's just powerful. Well, Peter, that's uh, s- such a beautiful, powerful uh, story. Are, are there 40 days uh, going on all over the state of Ohio that yeah, people can get involved in? Campaigns taking place all over the state of Ohio, from Toledo to Columbus to Cleveland, Cincinnati. So I just encourage your listeners, go to 40daysforlife.com today. And if maybe you feel a little bit nervous about going out to the abortion facility and actually praying, they send out daily devotionals that you can just sign up for and join the rest of the country, rest of the world, really, in these 40 days of prayer and fasting for the end of abortion. I mean, the results are fantastic. I mean, it's over 20,000 lives that have been saved since the 40 Days for Life campaign. You mentioned the abortion workers. I think it's over 200 now that have converted. Um, and so many abortion facilities have shut down where the prayer is taking place. Prayer is our most powerful weapon. Um, Absolutely. I think Dr. Peter Kraft actually <laughs> said, if we realize the power of our prayer, we would never leave our knees. Mm, and so it's wow. an invitation of prayer. Invite people to go to 40daysforlife.com. Join the state in prayer for the end to abortion and building the culture of life. Thank you, Peter. Could you just quickly give us the website also for Ohio Right to Life? Yeah, absolutely. You can join our mission at ohiolife.org. You can send me a personal email. I'd love to get you involved in fighting for life on the grassroots level. You know, it's just so very important. This is our mission. This is what I told the crowd this morning. This is our mission now to defend innocent human life. And I believe in the right to life uh, or the right for people to to immigrate, the right to access good education, health care, housing. But we don't have those rights if we don't have this right to simply live. So this is foundational. We should all be engaged in this. Thank you so much, Peter. God bless you, and we hope your banquet tonight is a great success. Thank you so much. Really Thank you, Peter. Uh-huh. God bless. Okay, Thanks wonderful. <laughs> Great to hear from Peter Range for Ohio Right to Life. I think he was one of the most <laughs> quoted on Twitter because oh, if really? you follow the hashtag Why We March, um, he had some amazing quotes that are going through. And one of my favorites is um, quote, Our collective mission here today is to ensure that every preborn child is able to fulfill their God given mission in life. Beautiful. And it just summarizes so much of exactly what many of us are in this movement exactly mm-hmm. for. Absolutely called. so true. If we don't have a right to life, mm-hmm. you know, how, why are we worried about other rights? If, if, <laughs> uh, and, and certainly there are many rights that are being infringed, but we have to protect the, the, the intrinsic human mm-hmm. right to life because life is sacred. And going back again to the beautiful Evangelium Vitae, mm-hmm. Gospel of Life, if you haven't read that, you can get it just by downloading. If you if you uh, search it, Gospel of Life, uh, you will find that encyclical. Well, we have another guest that uh, we want to focus on as well. Uh, we have uh, Madeline Passavento, who is the uh, outreach director of the Women's Care Center. So Madeline, welcome. 
Thank you, Peggy. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you. You know, I was supposed to reintroduce our team here, too, and I'll introduce them to you. Uh, we have Dave Orsborn, who's the Assistant Director of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, of course. We have Andrea Treden, the Vice President of Communications at Heartbeat International, and myself, uh, the Chair of Heartbeat International. So, And, of course, as you know, Heartbeat really focuses on pregnancy help. So we love uh, the opportunity to hear more about pregnancy help. And uh, and I know you're, you are uh, representing Women's Care Center right here in Columbus uh, with locations on the on the east side. So um, tell us, Madeline, about how you see the outreach of Women's Care Center as building and celebrating a culture of life. That's our theme for the program, building and celebrating a culture of life. Yes, absolutely. You know, Women's Care Center, we opened here in 2008. And, you know, all care centers, including Women's Care Center, you know, our model is one of just unconditional love and non-judgmental support. And I know individuals in the community feel the same way. And with the, with the change of these laws, whether the heartbeat law is in place or not, you know, women who would have been seeking abortion uh, will come to pregnancy resource centers, will come to Women's Care Center. And, you know, it's places like this that the staff are here, you know, very basically, of course, to help women choose life, to help them and walk through pregnancy with them. But then after the choice for life, you know, of course, it's been said that's where the work really gets started. And so, you know, in building a culture for life, we have to to support to support the moms and the babies. And we can do these things at pregnancy centers, through parenting classes, through goals support, through providing a community for women to, to sit beside other individuals who are facing unplanned pregnancy. And so um, I know it's been mentioned before, you know, come and visit a care center come and see how you might offer a parenting class or a skill that can be taught. You know, here at the Care Center, we have classes five days a week um, offered for our moms. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to be joining you guys, and it's, um, it's just exciting what's happening. And, of course, you know, we're going to be serving more um, of the ones who are already uncertain, and then those who would have been certain about abortion are coming to pregnancy centers. So. Yes, Thank you so much, Madeline, for that inspiration. And <clears throat> I really love your text. I notice because because you we focus on life and pregnancy help. We focus on the yeah. beauty of babies, right, from the moment yeah. of conception. And I know that people can text you at Columbus Babies 41444. Mm-hmm. I love that text. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. And give us your website, too, would you? Yes, um, supportwomenscarecenter.org is how individuals can find out about Women's Care Center. And then if, if an individual is in need, a mom is in need, they can visit womenscarecenter.org. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. It's great to have you with us, and uh, God bless you and your work. We love pregnancy yes. help. <laughs> thank you all so much. God okay. bless you. Bye-bye. So it's great to have uh, another focus on pregnancy health. Andrea, what were you thinking there? Well, I love the fact that she did go into uh, the classes that are taught at the pregnancy centers, because we know that this happens nationwide and worldwide Mm -hmm. uh, through the network of pregnancy help. But it is something that is um, not talked about a lot and that uh, the pregnancy help organizations do exist, of course, to help empower a woman to choose life. And so therefore, some people will focus on the baby. But uh, in the reality is the fact that we walk alongside the woman and are empowering the woman through financial aid courses, through parenting classes, helping right. her get her degree or a certification to get a good job, job placement and resume courses. They're walking right. alongside in so many different areas that help her to be a good mom, but help her to also be an empowered woman. 
Absolutely. And to build that strong family, like mm-hmm. John Paul II focused on, that it's that witness of being a selfless mother mm-hmm. and of building a family that truly is the way we can be beacons of light in this world. And to that point, too, so many of our organizations, I want to look here, it's a, quite a good number percentage, have men's programs. Oh, sure. Because the they fathers want involved. to get the fathers yeah, involved absolutely. because we know the value of a strong family with both a mother and a father yeah. actively engaged. Absolutely. Well, I know we're going to be uh, interviewing uh, a guest in just a minute uh, whose name is Christy Baller. She is going to come to us with the organization Silent No More that focuses on women who have had abortions and are silent no more about it. They're telling their stories. And in in leading into Christy's, uh, I I know Christy's on the phone waiting for us, uh, but I wanted to read you uh, this beautiful section Mm. from Evangelium Vitae. I just absolutely love it because John Paul II published this in encyclical in 1995. And at that point, we didn't hear as much from the women who had had abortions. They were, it was what we call the silent shame. And, and so many women were burdened with that guilt and they thought this is the unforgivable sin. And here's what John Paul II says about it, because he says, of course, this burden to speak for life is everyone's. And he says, I would now like to say a special word to women who have had an abortion. The church is aware of the many factors which may have influenced your decision, and she does not doubt that in many cases it was a painful and even shattering decision. The wound in your heart may not yet have healed. Certainly what happened was and remains terribly wrong, but do not give in to the discouragement and do not lose hope. Try rather to understand what happened and face it honestly. If you've not already done so, give yourselves over with humility and trust to repentance. The Father of mercies is ready to give you his forgiveness and his peace in the sacrament of reconciliation. To the same Father in his mercy, you can with sure hope entrust your child. With the friendly and expert help and advice of other people, and as a result of your own painful experience, you can be among the most eloquent defenders of everyone's right to life. Through your commitment to life, whether by accepting the birth of other children or by welcoming and caring for those most in need of someone to be close to them, you will become promoters of a new way of looking at human life. And this was the most beautiful and and elegant and eloquent and deep uh, reflection on women who have had abortions and, and the beautiful role they have to play in developing a culture of life that we had ever had in our church. So um, it, it, it has inspired me uh, to be so respectful and encouraging of women like Christy Baller, who's with us now. Welcome, Christy. <laughs> Hi, Peggy. We've got a fire engine going fast. I hope <laughs> He's just calling attention to the importance of what we're saying. We can hear you, Christy. <laughs> yes, Please feel we can. Free. Thank you so much for being with us, Christy. Christy is uh, an Ohio regional representative for Silent No More, which is a ministry of, of the Anglican Church and the Catholic Church and Priests for Life for women who have had abortions and are speaking out in Silent No More about it uh, because they have come to healing and, and, and they know there is hope and they know there's a role for them in speaking up for life. So Christy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Peggy, so much for um, inviting me. <laughs> I know you came with Stark County buses, so you're one of the bus group to the Margin Rally, right? That's that's right. And uh, right now, 
we're we're done with the march and we are waiting for our bus pickup. So. Oh wow. Well, thank you for being part of it today. And and we want you to just share with our listeners um what is the importance of of healing for women after abortion and and what's been your experience of that and and how, and how hopeful it is. Oh, well, okay. So um, the importance of healing is, uh, well, obviously, when you have done something that is so soul-breaking, mm-hmm. um, and something that is um, that damages you um, and damages your uh, your own life and your future. Um, it's it's the healing. Of, it's not only getting the forgiveness and the redemption of Christ, but it's um, inviting Him to heal your heart and so that you can have hope again. Mm-hmm. Because without that healing, it's very difficult to feel like you have a reason um, to live. And that was where I was at um, when I finally um, had to, you know, ask God for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, it's very important. The other reason it's important in as far as uh, our children um, that are at risk is that women who have been healed of their abortions have gone through a healing program, I should say. It's a process, um, and I'm not sure it ever ends, but <clears throat> uh, those who have been through healing um, pro- uh, programs are less likely to... Uh, have another abortion, have multiple abortions, which is uh, a terrible tragedy in itself, just um, women who can continue to have abortions. Um, They're less likely to have an abortion, and they're less less likely to recommend abortion to others. Um, So so it really does... Saving lives. Absolutely. Women Mm -hmm. to healing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And as as Pope John Paul II told us in this encyclical, it's it's their eloquent testimony that can be so powerful in helping the rest of us to really be committed to a culture of life as well. That women who have had abortions have a beautiful role to play in in helping to create a culture of life. So um, I know you said that uh, you told me that you've answered phones for Project Rachel, which is diocesan support for women who've had uh, abortion. Is that right? Yes, and it's completely confidential. So anyone who wants to call a Project Rachel um, number can be assured that that anything that they, uh, you know, talk about or say, is confidential. everything is confidential. Sure. Yeah. And uh, we're here um, in Columbus right now. I wanted to give a couple of contact information uh, numbers for those of you, if you're here in the Columbus Diocese. Uh, Bethesda Healing uh, meets twice a, a month for women who and, and men who have experienced abortion. They help each other. They share their stories. Uh, they work together toward healing uh, with, with of course, the benefit of um, the sacraments and so forth. The a number to call there is 613-309-2651. 
And uh, another resource is Pregnancy Decision Health Centers, PDHC, which has several uh, post-abortion programs available. Uh, They do Rachel's Vineyard. They have a support group. And they also coordinate uh, collaboration of many other post-abortion healing programs in the state of Ohio. So you can call PDHC at 614-444-4411. I believe there's another website after abortion. Dot org. Hope uh, after abortion. Hope after abortion. I'm sorry. Good. Hope after abortion.com. So they're and just. That, that m- takes them to the Project Rachel. Project Rachel program. Wonderful. There are lots of resources. And so uh, thank you so much, Christy, for being available to talk with us today. And um, I'm I'm hoping to get you on the program, The Family Sanctuary, at some point in the future to tell your powerful story. I would would look forward to that. And if I might just, if if I may just add, everybody remember that the mother and the child are inextricably linked, and you cannot hurt one without hurting the other, and you cannot help one without helping the other. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful conclusion for us. Thank you so much, Christy. God bless you. Oh, God bless you too, Peggy. And thank you so much. God bless your listeners. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Um, That was a beautiful quote to end, to end our interviews. Wasn't it? I mean, that drives it, drives it all the way home. (laughs) I'd like to thank all of our guests for the last hour here on our special live coverage of the Ohio March for Life rally and March. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to connect with John Hart, who's the general counsel for the Citizens for Christian Virtue. Uh, the um, Citizens for Christian Virtue co-sponsored mm-hmm. uh, today's March. So mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry we weren't, we weren't able to connect with John. But to learn more about them, uh, please visit ccv.org. That's citizensforchristianvirtue.org. And uh, Buckeye Ballot dot com to stay on top of all the legislation uh that's coming through ohio we'll ask you ladies thoughts uh we covered a lot of ground in the last hour um what stood what stood out for you oh gosh Uh, just i think stood out for me the the way that this whole event and the day and the people that it brought here are are so reflective of pro-life people all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a beautiful example that we've seen many times at March for Life. You know, there 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 was this morning a beautiful, um, uh, a well-attended uh, pastor's event, and Alveda King uh, spoke at that. We had a beautiful Respect Life Mass in St. Joseph Cathedral. Um, the Bishop of Youngstown, His Excellency Bishop David Bonner, was uh, the celebrant, mm-hmm. and many co- co- co-celebrants. It, it was con- celebrants I should say it was just so beautiful and it was as God always brings everything it's his timing is always so significant it is the feast day of sister Faustina and uh I was just I didn't realize that when I when I walked into the respect life mass and then I thought God you did it again you know I'm sure when they planned this day this rally they didn't intentionally make it on the feast day of sister Faustina (laughs) But her visions of Jesus and his divine mercy, to me, are just perfect for what we need to think about. Jesus, I trust in you. And Jesus's mercy is 
is so great. The, the women who think they can never be forgiven, that's not true. Jesus's mercy is so great. Or the abortionists, people coming out of the abortion industry, Jesus's mercy is so great. Um, those of us who have always been pro-life, as we, as we mentioned, uh, and, and sometimes maybe feel discouragement or, you know, Jesus's mercy is so great. Jesus, I trust in you. And so I love the fact that that God just shows on a day like this how everything is in his perfect timing. And uh, the, 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 the way the rally came together, the beautiful testimonies, um, the way even our technology worked. Yay. We Yay. were able to connect. <laughs> <laughs> right. So God just put it all together. So that's, that's what was on my heart. And I, I want to thank you, Dave, and St. Gabriel Catholic Radio for, oh. for wanting to cover this. Oh, it was a joy. Andrea. So I just love the high energy. And... Um, I know it is in part to be expected, but part of me didn't know what to expect <laughs> because it's the first time recently, at least, that we have um, come together specifically with the March for Life organization, which has been expanding the state by state. Um, so, of course, I may have had a little bit of nervousness in that element as well, but just to see everything come together so beautifully, which as he does, he orchestrates everything. Mm -hmm. and, um, it all does come together so beautifully. I love the um, program as well, because we're talking about the different elements of the pro-life movement and the fact that there is a place for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and it was affirming to me as well. I know that Ohio is a pro-life state. I know that we have great people in office who fight for the value of life. Um, we know that the challenges are going to continue ahead because there are always going to be people pushing back or mm -hmm. as we heard earlier, um, judges who will step in and halt um, legislation, which I still baffles me, but that's okay. It is what it is. And we will continue pressing forward because we know that um, no matter what, we are still here to serve women and to be that light in mm -hmm. their darkness mm -hmm. um, and to shine a light on the truth that she has value, her child has value, and everybody is designed with a purpose. Mm -hmm. For me, I think, uh, number one, the uh, importance of boldness mm -hmm. um, and, and being in the public square, mm -hmm. having a public witness like a March for Life mm -hmm. uh, brings mm -hmm. to our community, um, and then truth and charity. Um, you know, we have, we do have truth on our side. We do know the value and the sanctity of every life and with boldness and with charity, we need to be out there caring for these families, you know, for the, for the fathers, the mothers and the babies. And I think the expectation is right that the Ohio March for Life will continue yeah, as, yeah, as an absolutely. annual event. Absolutely. So regardless of what the legislation says, the public opinion polls, whatever the culture is saying against life, we need to be out there promoting life. So friends, thank you for being with us for this hour and about 12 minutes. Um, on behalf of Peggy Hartshorn and Andrea Trudden from Heartbeat International, did you, did you get around to giving out the website for Heartbeat? No, we didn't. It's an easy and, and one. And phone numbers. And, yeah, get it in there. Yeah. Ladies. It's uh, an easy one. Heartbeatinternational.org. And then our option line for anyone that yes. needs help, any place in the in the world, actually, or particularly the United States and Canada. And we'll connect you with help any place in the state of Ohio. That's option line. Optionline.org or 1-800-712-HELP. H-E-L-P. 1-712-HELP. And for abortion pill reversal, abortion pill reversal. Dot com for having a second chance for those who have had taken the first abortion pill but have changed their mind. We're saving babies every day. Yeah, we didn't have an opportunity to really dive deep into that, but that is what we are seeing the newest challenge being 
coming. So it is important that abortionpillreversal.com is known and shared so that women know that they do have that second chance. Good. And visit the Family Sanctuary podcast page at stgabrielradio.com for great discussions on uh, the <laughs> pro-life movement and more coming. <laughs> so Peggy and Andrea, thank you. I'm Dave Orsborn. So on uh, behalf of everyone here at St. Gabriel, God bless you all. Why don't we end uh, with a prayer, Peggy or Andrea? Andrea has a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Eternal God, you have revealed yourself as the Father of all life. We praise you for the fatherly care which you extend to all creation and especially to us, made in your image and likeness. Father, extend your hand of protection to those threatened by abortion and save them from its destructive power. Give your strength to all fathers that they may never give in to the fears that may tempt them to facilitate abortion. Bless our families and bless our land that we may have the joy of welcoming and nurturing the life of which you are the source and the eternal Father. Amen. 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 Father and Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to go right now to Dr. Ray Grandy and the Doctor is in. God bless you all.